0: Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam on Monday, May 13th. I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly. So if you want to learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode and we'll see you there. Let's just jump right into it, Yoshi. There's a lot of exciting questions to get to on today's podcast. So if those of you listening to the podcast, this is actually part of a weekly live stream we do every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. We live stream into our Facebook group and on our YouTube channel. So if you are not subscribed to the YouTube channel, do that. If you are not in our Facebook group, do that. And if you'd like alerts of when this does happen, join our email list, which is linked in the description of this episode and let's get into it, my friend. Welcome, everyone, officially. What's goody, goody hop breath of verse? So, we're going to get to your questions today. But Yoshi and I had a comedy experience we'd like to share with y'all from the trenches. You know, we're working full-time comedians. So we like to share not only answering your questions, but also sharing, you know, we interview a lot of dope people on here, but we're pretty dope, too. <laughs> and we'd like to give y'all firsthand point of view on what it is like as a full-time comedian. So Yoshi and I actually performed at a country club
1: this weekend. Mm-hmm. Say it again. Say it. Say it to the people in the back in here. Cha-ching! At a country club.
0: At a country club. <laughs> a country yeah. Club. Yes. This, this brings up an interesting point here of people thinking of All the different places they can perform comedy, and a lot of people, and this is something we talked about on here before, of thinking it's all comedy clubs or nothing, or you have to appease a certain booker to get on stage or something like this, but this event actually came word of mouth from another country club that we did, so we did a great job at a country club. Yeah. Back to back. Back to back. We did yeah. a good job. This country club referred us to another one. And basically how the country club kind of how I got into the country clubs was really asking, reaching what? out to some country clubs, seeing who's interested, posting what on social a, media a if weird, I know
1: anyone. What a, what a weird concept. You just asked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. yeah.
0: Instead of uh, making an excuse, I made a way. Ooh. Made. Hey, you Hey. That's in bars it. right there, yo. Bizarres. That's yes. bars. Instead of making yes. an excuse, that's I good. made away. I do not okay. hate that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's... um. I just wanted to kind of share that with the Hot Breath of Versus. Thinking of outside of the box, we're all about self-made comedians, that self-made comedy hustle. So, what are different places... You can perform beyond just the comedy club and a country club
1: is a great way to do that and get paid to do it. Yeah. Here's here's, here's the thing about sort of thinking outside the box is that one of the things when I moved out to the suburbs, so I live in the suburbs of outside of Atlanta, I realized that a lot of people within the suburbs just don't like to travel into the city to go see comedy. Mm -hmm. That was just like, off, you know, when I told people I did comedy, like, where do you go? Where do you uh, perform? And as soon as I said like stuff inside the city, they're like, "Ah, we really don't go down into the city like that." Which then dinged in my mind: How can I bring comedy to the suburbs? So mm-hmm. I built up like a collection of different places to do comedy, and guess what? They come out. Uh, so that's just one thing to think about: is not everyone wants to travel that far to go see comedy you'll be really surprised how much people love comedy. They'll just go right down the street if they know that there is a show. And that's what I found out you know, over the last couple of years is that people are willing to go 5, 10, 15 miles to go see comedy. But do they wanna travel like 35, have to get a babysitter, all that other stuff? Nah, not really. So that's just something that I'll say for anyone who lives like outside like a main city, is that there's also plenty of places to do comedy right down the street from exactly where you are so uh, i think it's just good to think outside the box that country club first of all i thought the first one was nice no no disrespect to the first one but man the view of that second country club was out of this world mm-hmm
0: yeah they had yeah. us on the patio overlooking the 18th green
1: it was it yeah. was nice It was nice. It was like, yo, yeah. When we first stepped there, I was like, okay, Uh, we probably don't, shouldn't be here. Uh, I didn't think we deserved it, but I was happy to be there for sure.
0: Oh, I I think we totally deserved it. And I think they got a great show Yeah, for sure.
1: Oh, they got the goods. Yeah. They got the
0: goodies. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we just want to share that experience with y'all that, you know, Think outside of comedy clubs. It's funny. In the comments, goat-like personality said, I'm a goat farmer in Norway. I need mm. to find local bars. Yeah. 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 Wherever you can, give it a go. You know, no one's going to do it for you. So that's just a fun little lesson there.
1: Yeah. It's a, it was a good gig. It was a fun gig. Uh, did, what, would you clock me time wise Was it 45 or 40
0: Uh, I gave you the light at 30 Oh okay So I'm not okay. sure how long you went, how long I went but You out. were the headliner
1: yeah. yeah 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 for sure Yoshi was the uh, headliner
0: I was the host liner I went okay. ahead and Went ahead and did my time up front You know I like to You know I'm a headliner But on gigs like this I like to get up there And set the tone And do my time up front but I probably did a solid thirty to kick it solid, off. A solid thirty-eight for sure. <laughs> hey, I'm you know what? I booked the gig. They found me. I I'm the host. You know, I was just setting the tone and the tempo.
1: You rocked it, dude. That was great. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was like, oh, Joe's going. Joe is going. You were just in the pocket. That was yeah. just fun. You were just in the pocket. At a at a certain point, you turned around. You turned around and you were looking <laughs> at the green. I was like, "Is Joe looking for a wall right now?" <laughs> I was just like, in my mind, <laughs> but I think you were truly just enjoying the view. Yeah, and it was, it was beautiful, dude. Oh my god, it was gorgeous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Beautiful. So, it was fun all
0: around, man. Indeed. Yeah, and that's not to say anyone listening. If you're a newer comedian and you host a show, do 10 minutes, you know, do seven to 10. Don't let my bad, um, example sway you. Um, oh, no, no, no,
1: you're, you're experienced at this, right? Like there's, yes. there's, there's nothing wrong with what you did. You were, you were in the pocket. And honestly, I don't, I didn't think there was really a time limit, but they got three comedians. Uh, you did 30. Somebody else did 25. I did 40. Like, it was just, but it was a great show all around. Like, and they Mm -hmm. got the business. Like, you could just tell after the show, tons of people came up and were like, oh my God, we are so excited that there's comedy here at this country club. Uh, It was just, it was just good vibes. They enjoyed it. Uh, I think literally, I think we literally shook hands with every single person because every single person was just super excited for that comedy. So it was great. Yep.
0: Yeah, and that's another lesson from uh, producing your own shows, my friends. One, the other comic was Ali Edge, who was a hilarious Atlanta comic. So the lineup was diverse, not only in just people and who we are and what we look like, but also our material and our styles. They got a nice taste of three different styles of comedians that are all funny. So I think a lot of times comedians will just book friends regardless of how good they are. Now fortunately, you know, I have funny friends and Ali and Yoshi <laughs> yeah. are very funny, but just keep yeah. that in mind when you're booking a show that you're getting paid to do that like you want to book people that you know will do a good job and be professional yeah. and we all hung out afterwards, talked to them, were very nice, greeted them, got a few leads for maybe some potential corporate events. So that's another thing of we've talked about when we had Uh, Ava on Who is up in Canada Running one of the Biggest shows up there That got Her show Kickback Actually got picked up By JFL this year But she talked about Making an experience Greeting people When they get there Thanking people When they leave All of these little Extra details Beyond just you Standing on stage And being funny Are going to be The difference between You having a one Show there Or you getting referred To do at other places And they want to Have you back Yeah
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it was great. And I think just, I mean, we've I've always said this, the after hang is always the thing that leads to more stuff mm-hmm. right? The after after the gig. I mean, I, I'd say this and it's been a while since like I went up last and I didn't have a good set. But like if you have a good set, that means everybody is in a good mood that's the best time to like talk to people. Like mm-hmm. if you just had a get set, you're like, oh my God. Or or if you're hosting and some your headliner crushes it, hang out, like people are there and they want the experience. I mean, and there were people taking pictures, all kinds of stuff with us. And so it was just, it was just awesome. People shared, um, it's important people share their socials with us. They're like, oh my God, I'm gonna follow you. They're like, follow me, blah, 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 all this stuff. But all that stuff is just good energy to bring back into a show and make sure that when you are producing a show, make sure it's an experience. So yeah, that's a great point. And I
0: love just how you slid that in that you haven't had a bad set in a while. You were just (laughs) like, you know, I haven't been bad in a while, but you just jinxed yourself. I don't know when,
1: I don't know how, but No, no, no. I've had a I've had a bad set. Just not a bad headlining set.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: There's a difference. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no um, one's immune I, to struggling yeah, yeah, on stage, I, but yeah, yeah, I just thought I, you slid that in there. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I get, I get in a good bad set like a good like once every month, once every two months. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it's just it's a nice little gut check of yo, huh, hey, this 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 ain't what you this ain't what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like comedy Respect. just like it's you like oh you you think you could just slide through not a player so yeah yeah yeah. gotta respect I, I gotta respect the cool.
0: craft comedy will humble oh, yeah. you at every turn oh,
1: real quick oh, real real quick but
0: yes. that's why we have the hot breath verse and that's why we do these q a's every week to help support answer your questions give each other feedback i i want to shout out the hot breath before we get into these questions that in our facebook group there's a comedian Jasmine Young who posted advice on her first time getting on stage, and it has over fifty comments. Nice. I love that. I love nice. seeing comedians helping comedians. And then there's another um, comedian in here who just like posted a Phil posted a a joke idea. He's like, any ideas for tags and stuff, and people giving feedback and such. So that's what I. That's what this whole community is about is comics helping comics so i love seeing
1: that absolutely no that's awesome
0: but yeah let's get into um because we got quite a few questions that were posted ahead of time i think people are starting to catch on that ooh if they they post them ahead of time their questions are more likely to get answered so <laughs> in our facebook group the first question I'm seeing here. And are, are you ready for this? You ready to do this, Yoshi? You ready for this?
1: Let's do it. Let's go, baby. I'm ready. I'm, I'm this ready. Was, I'll be honest. This was like a good comedy weekend. You know what I mean? Where you had like good, I had like good back to back, back to back shows and just felt great about comedy. It was like reinvigorating all at mm-hmm. the same. Thing. I think, you know, <laughs> also helped to get paid to do comedy as well so isn't that nice like, it's just it was that just like nice? look, like, like look, look at that honey look at that you look at it go get yourself a cheeseburger baby you know what i'm saying Damn. this one's on me on me you know what i mean put gas I in the tank it. you know what i'm saying i love it nice. yes so yeah it was a good comedy weekend
0: absolutely and a good lesson in um Yeah. Thinking outside the box, getting creative with where you try to produce shows and tapping into your network. Like, you know, who do you know that maybe is at a member of a country club or who do you know who knows someone who does karaoke that maybe would like to try comedy night or something like just, you know, get creative. There's no one way in this game. There's your way. So really get creative and think outside the box. And uh, let us know, let us know if you're watching this later, comment on the YouTube live stream with the kind of creative ways that you have done shows or maybe ideas you have for shows that people could comment and give feedback on because that's what it's all about here. Just comics helping comics. So speaking of which, the first question in our Facebook group is from Mr. Logan Peters, who asked. How do you write through a slump? I have been relatively lazy with my writing over the past week and can't seem to find the topics to write about or the time to do it. Just in a slump, but I am never going to quit. Exclamation mark. Mm. Well, the easy answer is the Write 10 Club that we do every morning at 10 a.m. in the Facebook group. Hot breather Bobby Sutton posts a new word every single morning at 10 a.m. to spark some inspiration. It kind of just gets the juices flowing. I think, like I said last week, it's like Wordle for comedians. It's just a nice little puzzle to start the day. And I will yeah. say, beyond that, usually when I'm going through a slump, it's usually because I'm like, I'm trying to force something. And, like, I was trying to force an idea. I'm trying to force something to be funny. And I just have to, for lack of a better term, like, not try to write jokes. Like, literally, like, journal. Just make lists or just... Honestly, a lot of my writing right now is journaling. I'm not sitting down like, oh, I need to punch up this joke or that joke. I'm just writing for the sake of exercising the muscle and just kind of going through that practice and that routine just to keep me sharp on that end. But most of the time I'm writing is not okay. I'm sitting down and creating something funny. It's literally just, I'm just showing up because I tell other people to do it. So I have to do it type deal and it's not fun. (laughs) And most of the time it sucks, but those are the kind of like, slow days that lead to the breakthroughs. So even though you're in a slump, just don't stop fam, just lower the bar, just write the date at the top of a page and be like, Oh, I wrote today and just kind of lower the, the the pressure on yourself to create something. And that usually helps me to just kind of get through those slumps.
1: Oh my God. That's great. Yeah. I mean, on the SATs, you get like 200 points just for writing your name. Like that's oh. the lesson. Just, just for writing your name down, just, And I think that's what's great about the the Write Tim Club of just daily writing. I think one thing to also remember is that sometimes we're always looking for perfection when we're writing. And really the artistry of getting good at jokes is just practicing the exercise of just doing it without stopping. So sometimes it's okay that you're like in a slump or you're feeling like, oh, I'm not feeling inspired, blah, blah, blah. But just write that too. Just Write that down. I think one of my favorite exercises is from this book called The Artist's Way, and it's just about. It's called morning pages, and it's just simply just writing out the all the things that are in your head and just writing it down on paper. And it's just a good exercise. It's like the first thing that you do in the morning, and you just write, just whatever's in your head, you just write it. It it doesn't have to be coherent. It doesn't have to be good. It could be a shopping list. Just whatever is in your head, you just write it down. And as you're thinking of it, you just keep writing, keep writing, keep writing. And you do it. You usually try to do like three pages, but whatever you can, even if it's like half a paragraph, just getting through the exercise of writing is so good for your comedy brain. Um, and it'll help you get out of the slump because at least you don't quit writing. Kaboom. Hope that helps there, Logan next
0: up we can do um
1: fire fire,
0: fire 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 we're on a roll here fam uh greg brown how can you work on timing delivery at home it seems like being on stage is the only way to improve that skill
1: at home i think uh so Overall, I think just practicing whatever you're going to say at home is just a good exercise, but also practicing pauses when you expect that you're going to get a laugh. And it's just like just practicing the pause of just like, all right, one, two, and then you continue based on, you know, at the point that you think you're going to get a laugh. And then if you don't get a laugh when you actually do perform it, then maybe that part wasn't funny. And then you re-edit that joke. So I think it's just important to actually practice the pauses at the house Um, and then like slow down, too. I think that's the big thing is when you get on stage, we tend to rush ourselves as soon as we get on stage. But if you're practicing sort of the art of slowing down, um, I think it's super helpful. One of the when I did my special that I never put out (laughs) like two years ago, uh, I remember (laughs) a friend of mine who recorded Kedar Who recorded his special i think his special was on showtime he recorded his special and he said one of the things that he did uh that i did as well is that he would run and just run through his set so he'd be doing something else while going through the set and just Mm -hmm. saying the set as part of like his running and it's just part of the exercise but it's just saying the words through your body in whatever sort of scenario and running was just a good way just to like practice if i'm tired i can still say these words (laughs) these words are still gonna like get out so that's just another exercise that even if you're doing something else practice your set while you're doing something else yeah i would do it while driving with like the radio on so i
0: would try to rehearse with distractions so Mm -hmm. if when i perform there was a distraction i'm more prepared um yeah in that situation yeah but that yeah that is a good note i mean basically yeah Rehearsing at home is rehe- just pre- rehearses if you are performing with the pauses where you expect laughter to be and things like that, like Yoshi said. And then when it translates to the stage, you'll start to find where you're going too fast or where you need to slow down or where there isn't a laugh, and you need to figure out how to get a laugh in there or to get rid of everything altogether. So you just practice at home as if you were on stage. But the stage is where you will really know though. like you can you can rehearse all day and all night. But until you get on stage, that's when you're really going to know. Yeah. Um, oh, Amir said Louis C.K. said he walked while running through his set. Oh, cool. He said that on the Flagrant podcast. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, and Becky uh, said there's an app called Pocket Sitcom, which has canned laughter as a sound effect that helps, <laughs> that helps Becky pause uh, between jokes and time my set. Nice.
1: That's really good. Uh, yeah, what's his name? Said he does that too. Um, Mark Norman on, on Hot Breath. He says he just breath. mentioned he walks around mm-hmm. and just practice his set just by walking around um, just like in a circle.
0: Yeah, and another good tip on the timing point is a lot of comics, if they have a five-minute set, they will rehearse for their set to end at five minutes. But it's way more helpful... If you rehearse for the set to end at like four and a half minutes. So when you get on stage, you don't feel rushed. You have plenty of time to get to all of your jokes. So if something does happen or something does go sideways, you don't feel like you need to cram everything in because you timed it out perfectly at five minutes. Time it out to end at four and a half minutes, and that's going to give you more time to slow down and be more confident on stage.
1: Fire, fire, fire. Fire. Fire, fire
0: ours oh, yeah. oh, and speaking of um, Past Hot Breath guests I got to do a show with Paul Verzi this weekend And he mm-hmm. was
1: mm-hmm. That's a nice little soft flex but That's well just done. a nice
0: okay. flex right there
1: <laughs> He little, a, He could
0: bad. not have been more complimentary of Hot Breath And what's going on here So that's awesome. um, I was just thinking of Just Comics Helping Comics And he was so yeah. complimentary of what we're doing. He's been keeping up with us and following us. And he's like, this is what comedy needs, man. More like positivity and comics helping each other. So yeah. just, I just want to say that while it was top of mind and we could just kind of, s- you know, squeeze that in there.
1: Squeeze. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also hung out. I also hung out with Ryan long this weekend, who was at the Atlanta punchline. Ooh. Uh, and he's absolutely hilarious. He was hilarious. Yeah. He was like, like, that was like, I mean, that was like a clinic, especially watching him navigate a heckler. Yes. And still making it super positive and never downing the heckler, but made it about the show. And he was getting laughs like even more. Like, that was. Something I would say I haven't seen a lot of, like almost like it was like clinical how he made sure the heckler didn't become a part of the show. And then making it like even bigger part, just not even the heck. He didn't even heckle the dude. He just asked him questions and then roasted him and then roasted himself for roasting. It was like just this like good energy of watching it's it always like watching a master at work and you could just tell that he's done this so many times but i love how he turned the negative heckler into a positive thing for his set that was amazing to watch and he didn't let the heckler derail like he didn't give too much time to the heckler he
0: was this was late show saturday people were hammered dude and hammered. he would just kind of hit him and move on and hit him and move on and he <laughs> He yeah. really kept the show going. At no point did a heckler become the focal point. They just kind of became oh another jumping-off point. It was amazing yeah. how he danced around
1: all those hecklers, and, man. And that dude was out of his mind drunk. I mean, he, <laughs> was, <laughs> he was done. I was like, <sighs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think just just watching that, right, and, you know, Ryan has, like – amassed like a billion views from all the videos. He's been doing comedy for some time now. He mm. does it in New York, started in Canada, like just a solid comic, but great hang. I got with him afterwards, but he was, you could just tell he's like a masterful like executioner at this comedy game. I mean, obviously yeah. he does the comedy seller, but man, crowd work and heckling skills was like off the charts. Yeah, I want to, I want to get
0: better. I mean, yeah, I need to, I need to practice that, that muscle. I haven't really dipped my toes in that. I'm about to do a run of shows that I think I'm going to start playing around with that muscle more. I think when I, when I interviewed Steve Byrne, I was like, asking him about like, what, how do you keep it going or like keeping it like keep, I don't beyond just working on new material, like to like, how do you get out of that routine of just, all right, I'm writing and performing and writing, performing. And he's like, well, it's going to apply to anyone at any level, but he's like, well, what, what specifically do you want to get better at? Like, do you want to get better at having the mic in the stand? Do you want to get better at act outs? You know, do you want to get better at, you know, crowd work? And that was the one I was like, Oh, I could, you know, I don't really practice crowd work that much. And he's like, well, he's like, make that part of what you want to get better at. He's like, you've proven doing comedy so long you can write jokes you can perform them you can do a headlining set he's like stretch yourself and start to practice that skill set so that's i want to use this saying it out loud as accountability to start kind of exercising that muscle that i haven't really tapped into much but when i do i enjoy it but i just i always am yeah. like i gotta
1: do my set
0: you know i gotta get it unrigid
1: you were doing crowd work at the
0: country club you did
1: you did a good amount of crowd work
0: but it's like when I would do it, I was always, I was always like leaning back. I was always trying to get oh, back yeah. into the set. I wasn't like, I as Ian Bagg talked about on the podcast about like have an actual conversation with these people, like really be interested in what they're saying. Like I was always, I would do a little bit, but then kind of be like, all right, well, let me get back. I'm here for the set. Let me get, you know, I just, I need to, I've been in that routine for so long. Just so you do your set, you do your set,
1: you do your set. So I want to. Yeah. want to break that reflex I also think I don't think you're conscious of it I think you are actually a natural crowd worker like you do it very very naturally and you don't realize you do it later on Like, (laughs) but you were playing with the crowd a lot during your set even though you leaned back into your material Mm -hmm. you were doing a lot of like back and forth with them throughout your 38 minutes it was really great like it was just- <laughs> my
0: host lining set because you know what i earned it <laughs> you did i've you earned did. the right to host line and you know what i'm not bombing
1: i'm you I'm weren't bombing it. for sure no i'm just trying yeah, to yeah, know yeah, like you younger
0: were- comics i don't want them to start trying oh, to do yeah, 30 yeah. minutes to open a show
1: this is me busting your balls it was just it was just great but you know we always <laughs> i always it's about. working uh but it was just good to like you 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 found people in the audience like when you would say something people would react a little differently to stuff and you would respond back with things and obviously i know you were doing your set but i think the crowd work is actually why i think you went longer because mm-hmm. they would react a little differently to different stuff and then you'd hit them with something else because it wasn't like you know, I, I know your material well enough, but you weren't like on a script of just like bam, 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 bam. Like you were sort of going back and forth with them and then going to material based on the back and forth. So I think you actually do it much more naturally than you give yourself credit for. I think you're just not conscious that you're doing it. So it just feels kind of natural. Kind of like Bobby said, Bobby said you mastered the heckler at Hickstown up in uh, up in uh, where
0: was that? Yeah, that was in Villa Rica. Oh yeah, I did. She said you did over 20 minutes of strong crowd work. And I was like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, I guess I did at that show." Now, yeah. cuz they were so drunk <laughs> that I was just playing Yeah, I guess I guess when you see someone like Ryan do it, it there's always the grass is always greener, I guess. I guess it's so <laughs> I guess I'm always
1: like, "Well, I want to yeah. get to that level." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, what Ryan did practice. was very, very masterful, but it looked like you could just tell that that was just some like it was some ancient, like, voodoo-like stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. The dude was just getting worse, and Ryan did not falter. Like, he didn't make him look bad. He, no. didn't, like, he didn't make him the center of attention. He just kind of, like, turned it and made it about the show and not about the heckler. And so, yeah, I think, I think you'll be surprised if you watch some of your recordings. You are doing a lot of crowd work.
0: Well, well, I appreciate you saying that. That gives me a more confidence yeah. going into this week where I want to be yeah. more... Like you said, maybe I do it, I'm not as aware. I'd like to be more aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll sense. do that. This Got to run this week. I'll be in Mooresville, North Carolina tomorrow and then Lynchburg, Virginia, and then Richmond, Virginia for anyone yay, in yay. those areas. In the um, VA. We going up, shouty. Um. <laughs> All right, here we go. Anthony Partridge. Um, Any tips on storytelling and writing stories? Should open micers tell stories? Should you just get on stage and tell it first and see where it goes? I feel like there's a better way than writing a 10-page story and cutting it down to three. Takes me weeks to edit it down. (laughs) Um, Okay, yeah, that's basically the gist. I think it's storytelling tips i mean honestly if if you want to get on stage and tell it and see how it goes go for it i mean if you're new to comedy i've seen so many comics be like yo i have this story i i I can't even get it in five minutes yo i can't believe they're holding me to five minutes fam i i this this is a 20 minute story that's killer all the way through like i would recommend telling the your favorite part of the story your favorite moment of the story what you think is the funniest piece of the story if you think it's a five-minute yeah. story i would say what is the funniest minute and then yeah. try other like and then try other jokes instead of thinking you're gonna go up first time and do a five-minute story
1: yeah i would i would suggest to any comedian who wants to do like solid storytelling like set is that the first time you do it, just know that the second time you should do it in half the time, just Mm -hmm. to exercise, getting to the meat of the actual story. The problem with stories is when you tell a friend a story, your friend is filling in all the gaps of the commentary that you're not saying when it comes to saying it on stage, you still have to be funny and. There still has to be jokes in there. Chris Titus has this method where he just writes the entire story just clearly, just clear mm-hmm. out. Uh, Jeff, uh, what's his, oh my God. Jeff Foxworthy also does this. He mentioned it on the podcast where he just writes the story out. He writes the story out and then goes back through and then highlights all the funny points and then escalates the funny areas of where can I make this even funnier than where it is. I w- that's just this that that is what I would try to do is at least this is a good exercise in writing, at least put it on paper first. Mm-hmm. And then go through it and then try to find the funny parts and then try to extenuate funny parts within the story. Uh, I think is a good exercise if you're storytelling. I I'm a storyteller comedian, I would say I'm not a one liner. I most of my material are stories, but I get to the punches very, very quickly and hit you with more tags, more punches within my set. You're not gonna find uh, you know, five. I mean, I have I have this HO the HOH joke that's actually about a six minute story that I've cut down to like I've got a two minute version of it a five minute version of it and then like a longer extended version of it. And even in a longer extended version of it, I just add more punchlines into it regardless. So in case I need to spread the story out and it still works. So just know that even with a storytelling set, just know and be ready to have a shorter version of that story in case you need to do a shorter version of that story, a much longer and then a really long version of that story as well. Yeah, and Mookie
0: said, start the story with something funny and build off that first funny. So yeah, that is something with storytelling is you want to get to that laugh as quick as possible. Just like in your comedy set in general. like You want to open up with a laugh as quick as possible. Ideally, within 15 seconds of your set, you want to be getting your first laugh. Um, And yeah, and the same with your story. You want to really get to the point, especially as a younger comic... I mean, you can see these amazing storytellers who've been doing comedy for 30 years and see how they can draw it out to build up to a point. But starting out, you just want to get to the humor. And something Chris Titus, because I've heard him talk about storytelling as well, and he said that like every detail of a story is the setup for a punchline. So if you're at a certain location, can you make a joke about the location? If you're wearing something or if the person you're talking about is wearing something like the more detailed, the more you can paint the picture, the more opportunities for punchlines you have in there. Um, but since he asked, you know, if he should just go up and try it, I mean, go for it. If that's what you want to do, you know, go for it and see, see what sticks. And you may tell a five minute story that gets one laugh, but you know what? Hey, now you know there's a laugh in there that you can start to build off of, but that's how you, Develop comedy. You write off stage the best you can, and then you take it on stage to really refine it and learn what's worth keeping and what's not. Yep. Cool breeze. Very nice. We dropping bars. Bars. We dropping bars, bars. fam. Bars. And I um uh, I got a few I got a few DMs this week about hosting. So mm. um and you and I both have years of experience hosting shows and i think that the questions have really come down to uh like how to engage an audience like when you're doing a set on a show you're kind of going up there you're doing your opener and your jokes and you're doing your set but it seems comics are struggling with that like all right what do you do as a host that's different from when you do your set how do you actually create a connection with the audience? How do you create an experience as the host? Because it's a completely different muscle from just going up and doing your set. So what, what are some ways you like to, to get the crowd
1: going as a host? Uh, You know, I think as a host, you are like, you know, in comedy, not that you're not allowed or allowed, but like, it's not great to ask questions in your comedic set mainly because you never know what kind of answer you're going to get. But I think as a host, it's actually a really good thing to ask questions, to bring everybody in based on sort of, you're introducing the show to them. So if you're a host and you're the first person that they see, you welcome them. It's a welcome, welcome to the punchline or something like that. This is you know, Atlanta's premier comedy club. Uh, Super excited that you guys are here. Uh, just wondering, how did you guys hear about the show? Like, just just that question alone, you'll get like different spattering of different people saying, oh, we saw it online or, you know, we like the comic, blah, blah, blah. I think that's a good question. I always ask the question, how many people here are married? Uh, who's got kids? And then the kids thing leads me into like a kid joke, right? Mm-hmm. So I think asking questions that, you know, can lead into parts of your bit is actually a really good way. Also talk about like the city, talk about something that is common to absolutely everybody, I think is a good host skill to actually have. If something happened that weekend, like a sports game or mm. I said, a sports
0: game. A <laughs> sports sports <event>. game.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: if people are celebrating anything is another common
1: it question. a Great question, right? If you see like mm-hmm. a bridesmaid uh, entourage or something like that, address that, right? that way everyone in the crowd is like with you uh on that because they all saw it as well right like the host should pay attention to those kinds of things within a room um and so i think also it's just about making people feel good mm-hmm. about what's about to happen like there's mm-hmm. just a good or an energy setter when you are a host like and i think it is so important i don't care what anybody says you got to be high energy as a host to allow everybody else that's coming after you not to come to low energy. You want as I think the higher the energy, the better as a host, just up top because you're a headliner and you're, you know, who's ever after you. If it's like a showcase, they don't want to come up to low energy. They're like, oh, okay. All right, guys, you guys ready for another comedian? All right, coming to the stage. Show buyers, you know what I'm say like, Who wants to come up to that? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Joel Byers, thank you, everyone.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, but really, what I enjoy about hosting is that your job isn't really to kill. Like, your job is literally to set, oh, and Yoshi's wearing a hot breath shirt. That's what's up. Yoshi's wearing a hot breath shirt. So, um... If you're watching the live stream, which if you're listening to the podcast, you got to go subscribe to the YouTube channel and join in on our weekly fun here and get your questions answered live. So what's great about hosting is your job is literally to set a fun tone. Like you said, like you don't necessarily have to go up there and like try to murder. You just want to set a fun expectation for the event. Welcome people. Let them know what they're in for. Introduce yourself. Say like why we're here. You know, like even at the country club, Uh, Event we did something I like to do is as a host is be like the best part about you guys being so close to Atlanta. Atlanta has one of the best comedy scenes in the country, so you were going to get to see some legitimate future comedy stars tonight. And I actually set that expectation of like, oh, they're they're here for something special. This like they're here for an experience that they'll never forget. And the more you can set that expectation as a host, the the better your comics are going to do. The better the energy is going to be, and you just keep it fun and light, and that's really going to help just kind of set the show in motion.
1: Yeah. Facts.
0: Yeah. And I I think I'd also got asked, like, how do you recover if a comic doesn't do well? Like, if you're going in between comics, you know, how do you kind of address that possible awkwardness?
1: Um, I always say, like... I'm I don't believe that you have to do a joke unless the room needs it. So I would say try to bring try to do a joke in between that. If if a comic just left and you know, they pooped the bed to say, try a joke to try to bring the energy back up or to try to bring laughter back into the room before you bring up the next comic. I think that's a super important thing. I also think it's very important that if a comic just destroyed just did really really well you do not try to do a joke in between you mm-hmm. keep that energy going, like oh my god that was great give it up for your last comedian coming up next this very very funny comedian bam and you go on you try you do not try to kill the momentum between good energy from an ending set to the next comedian you try to keep that energy going and you just let that move through i that is my own sort of philosophy about hosting.
0: Don't yeah.
1: try to just do a joke just for the sake of trying to get your time in.
0: Yeah, and coming from someone like me who has seen DJs playing sirens and gunshots
1: and having the lights shut off and block up, block
0: Yeah. If someone doesn't do well, you wanna still keep it. Light and positive. <laughs> It's always best to keep it light and positive and understand like we're all like experiencing this together and be like hey thank you for being an awesome audience you know performing is how us comedians get better so thank you for being such a like a great audience to really help us you know develop and in a like a fun and supportive way I I, I personally like to keep it just positive and light and not roast the comedian who just didn't do well and things like that I just yeah I try yeah, to yeah. keep
1: it fun and uplifting throughout for sure. Um, I think what's also good, if if you've got like just like a one liner tag to something that they last said, I would try that. But if you're not getting laughs for it, then stop it. <laughs> like mm. if your first one hit and your second one hit, then yes, do a third. But if your first one didn't hit and your second one didn't hit, rule of thirds, stop doing it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And I think – but I think that's a good thing. But like you've got to be one of those improv, I would say, improv skilled comedians to know, all right, they just said a joke. What's the one kind of tag that I can add to this thing that would be great? Like you did it with my joke on uh, – <laughs> at the country club. You literally said something based on the last thing that I said. And oh, the crowd yeah, yeah, yeah. Was- and it was great because they're like, oh, thank you for that. It wasn't like you needed the energy, but it was just a great way to like bring more energy into it based off the last thing that I said. And that is also crowd work, I think. I think that's like oh. you're bringing the awkwardness of what just took place back into the crowd because they actually did have like somewhat of a subtle laugh at the joke a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. Called the awkwardness onto the stage with you and said, we didn't have to do that, did we? And then you just made the joke and it worked and it was great. Yeah, it was just funny. Wow. And I think that's super like a good like eye and a good ear for knowing when to say something because you're paying attention to what the audience is feeling. And that's what a good host does. Pay attention to how the audience is feeling.
0: Yo, a good host pays attention to the show as well. I've seen yeah. so like a host will go out and like smoke a cigarette or like just, you know, just a good like yeah, I that's a really good point. A good host pays attention yeah. to the show, understands the vibe of the show at all times. Host hosting is a job. Like treat yeah. it as such, but I always recommend comedians host their own show or host a show a lot because that's how you start to learn how to create a connection with the audience. That's how you learn how to read a room. That's how you learn how to be more interactive and be more comfortable and conversational on stage hosting helps you with all those things. A lot of people don't want to do it because it's hard at first and it's difficult and requires a lot more than just showing up with your notes and doing a set. But it's gonna make you so much better so much faster. Yeah. Yep. Paying attention is a huge one, dude. Yeah, so you right. understand the, the the ebb and flow of the whole entire show.
1: Absolutely. And it's not that you can't take a break, but, like, if a comic is going up for five minutes, don't take a five-minute break. Like, you got to hear some of his stuff just in case there's something that he could say. I just think, it's a, mm-hmm. to your point, it's just important to, like, pay attention to the ebbs and flow of the show itself. Um, And I think, you know, I always... You never want to not address any kind of awkwardness like i forget who said this but like if you're doing your set and like a glass breaks and you don't address it you are not a real comedian you need to address the glass breaking like you're not paying attention if all of a sudden if everybody hears it and you don't address it and you're just you just (laughs) let it go you're not a real comedian I don't want to make it sound bad, but like you got to address any kind of energy or any kind of collective thing that takes place in a room. And it takes
0: time and confidence on stage to be able to start to react to these things. Because for a while, you're literally just on a script like I'm just saying these things regardless of anything that happens. (laughs) Like you're not thinking about anything but the next word. So. It it takes time and stage repetition to become more aware and you can start to, instead of just like having a monologue, you'll start to have a dialogue with the audience, but it it takes time. Yeah. Cool. So let's run through, um, let's do a little lightning round here uh, in the last few minutes here. Let's get to as many of these as possible. Do we need to set a timer?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Based on you and I, we'll probably (laughs) need to set a timer
1: um yeah. probably should right. be hostlining on the podcast yeah for sure <laughs> for <laughs> sure and if uh, new comic i don't know if you guys know what hostlining is but hostlining is when a host literally does like a headlining set out of the gate uh mm-hmm. and me and joel have this rapport where i make fun of him about hostlining because <laughs> back in the day he used to host this room called java monkey yeah, and Joel would hostline and do. And here's the thing: I used to go like every week, and Joe had a new thirty minutes, <laughs> a new thirty. Like none of the jokes were old. A new thirty <laughs> minutes before any comedian, and it's an open mic before any comedian got up there. He did thirty minutes. I was like, look at Joe hostlining. I don't know; it wasn't my word, but we just—I just heard it. I was hostlining. Like, yeah, it's what, real. That's what he does it's real
0: yeah it's real yeah and this was you know a, a patio of a coffee shop that i hosted oh for years God. i used that yeah. as
1: just that was i was just that was your i was, all, that was, I was not, doing
0: all sorts of weird
1: stuff out there yeah all sorts of weird stuff but that's and, yeah. that's probably the spot that like got you good at being comfortable with as much weird stuff as possible for sure for sure yeah yeah
0: yeah and that was something um and this is not a flex, but that's something Paul Verzi said about my set is he talked about like the silly goofy side. Oh, yeah. And like I need to I, I need to tap into that more too. I think yeah, I've spent yeah. so much time trying to be cool on stage yeah. and be like, yeah, I know how to say things, but and it's yeah, like yeah. I'm just the goofball and I when you just yeah. reminded me that's how I started was just being weird so and goofy true. and silly. I need to get back to that.
1: Weird and goofy and you are not cool. I hate Yeah that. <laughs> hate to be the one <laughs> i know cool when i see it you are not cool dude. yeah you gotta, you gotta you gotta you gotta let that one go you are yeah you consider it gone boost, a very like not serious personality like I've never. like i don't think we've ever spent like five minutes where we didn't laugh within those five minutes even if we were talking about something serious that's just not within like your personality to just yeah. be straight laced and just be deadpan all right we're, let's talk about these metrics yeah <laughs> you know like, yeah yeah and if yeah, i do but, you just like, laugh at me yeah you're exactly like, what like, like, what like what are you what about? are you talking
0: about <laughs> you right now? <laughs> yeah um, that's cool that's, that's
1: actually really cool that paul verzi saw that because I think we see that. Because at the at the at the uh, at the country club, you were very silly goosey. I think that's why you went on long. You were yeah. just so. You were just so in it. You were just having so much fun. Because also, like I th- also think it's also one of those weird places. That you didn't have anyone introduce yourself. <laughs> introduce right. You. So you introduced yourself, which is very silly to do as well. So you introduce yourself, you're like coming to the stage. Joel Byers is like, guess what? It's me, guys. I'm the one mm. coming to the stage. So like I think just your whole persona made it silly goosey. And but the audience like that. They're like, Oh, look at this Joel Osteen looking <laughs> <laughs>
0: Joe Bars of Joel Osteen, gotta get that. Yep. Gotta, yeah, get gotta get that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You gotta see the impression on the live stream. Let <laughs> watch it on the live stream. A member and a subscriber. The hot breath holy church.
1: I love it. I'm not only the president. <laughs> I'm also congregant. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I closed out my dry bar with Joel Osteen. I'm so excited to see how they uh, oh respond my God, to it. Awesome, dude. You know, whenever that's it good.
1: comes out, yeah, it'll Not it'll, it'll it. come out one of these years.
0: Right on. It'll be perfect. I'll tell you what, though, it'll be perfect timing. Perfect timing. I do know perfect that perfect it's gonna be like, yeah. oh, boom. <laughs> but what? What? Oh, like that? Like that? Oh, he doesn't just interview people. Oh, oh, he about that? About that? All right. Anyway, I
1: think I think we're going on for too long. I think the timer. Just... <laughs> we set That's the so timer.
0: We set the timer so we know when to end the live stream. For sure. <laughs> um. All right, speed round. All right, speed round. Here we go. Ty Erskine, how do you manage difficult times in life while pursuing comedy? When do you write? So let's talk about it on stage.
1: Mm. I always say, um, like, life is supposed to happen. Comedy is just a part of life in itself. Uh, Do yourself a favor is that if comedy is getting in the way, take a break like Mm -hmm. don't feel forced to keep doing comedy if it feels like it's getting in the way of like real life or if the timing of it is getting in the way of stuff to do you actually need to live to actually have something to write about as well and i think it's important just to you know let you know as as they say let (laughs) let god take the wheel you know i mean just let it go just like you don't have to do comedy uh chill out go live your life go take care of your business um and then come back comedy is not going anywhere stand-up isn't going anywhere just remember that (laughs) no one's missing exactly
0: exactly kaboom uh next up amir what are your favorite joke writing exercises well i like free writing free writing is always my go-to which is basically just like free it's kind of like journaling but it could be you're just writing about your day or it's literally you have a funny joke idea and you're just writing freely, not thinking, not trying to be funny. You're just trying to fill up a page as fast as possible and you're just letting the thoughts flow out of you. You're completely free, not trying to do anything. And I, I get a lot of good ideas from that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, probably my favorite is I do this kind of three column methodology that I got from Jerry Corley. He was the first one who ever saw do it. It's like a late night exercise where basically uh, if you have a premise for something, you break it down into like three subjects and then each column, you basically write everything you thought about that one thing, everything you thought about the second thing, everything you thought about the third thing and you kind of mix and match it almost like a Venn diagram. And then you see where the connections are. Uh, Our buddy, i has this great website that actually mm-hmm. helps you put those things together. Uh, we can put it in the show notes, but it's like, I I am stand-up slash right aid. It's yeah, actually post- a really awesome thing.
0: Yeah, ask about it in the Facebook group. I am not going to yeah. hunt down that link to put it in the show notes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, no, no. Sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Go in the Facebook group and uh, ask about it. Emre runs the Right 10 After Dark, which is a great exercise for those of you listening. What's your favorite joke writing? The Write 10 club. There's a new word you can write a new joke about. And, uh, it's a great writing exercise. We do it in the mornings and the evenings. Um, Carol Freeman asked about tightening up jokes. That was the feedback she got from the world series of comedy. So how to tighten up jokes, basically.
1: Uh, you know, I'd probably say, Probably the best thing is to tighten up jokes. Like, I always try to figure out what I need for the joke to actually work versus what is not needed. So, um, I it's it's just about like practicing different ways of how that joke is going to be said and seeing. Huh? I wonder if I can take away two more words to see if this works. If I could take away one more word. And then if, if it feels like I can't take away any of those words, then I know it's like super tight, but just know, like at first, the first time you write it, you could probably take away some words.
0: Yeah. And you can look at it in terms of time as well of like how much time is between each laugh, am I getting a laugh at 20 seconds? And then I'm not getting another laugh until 45 seconds. How can I put those two laughs closer together? Or how can I add a laugh in between them?
1: Yeah. You never want too long of a gap between laughs. Close Uh, the gap between laughs.
0: uh, Nathaniel hood, any advice for new comics trying to kill it at a three minute comedy contest?
1: Mm, Do your best jokes that have the most laughs in it. I think it's, I, I know that sounds super simple, but don't try to do like long bits, really figure out which jokes have the most laughs in it and do that. Uh, Mostly because at three minutes, you're not really establishing a whole bunch. So the goal should be how many jokes can I squeeze in here that I know will get laughs for sure. And that's not even like,
0: and I I love doing three minute contests because it really forces you to edit. That's not even doing tags. Like for a lot of your jokes, it's like, what is the funniest punchline of this bit? I'm doing that one and then moving on. And I would say prepare for time it out to end at. 2.40, 2.45, 2.40, 2.45, because you're going to feel rushed, and you're going to feel like you need to cram everything in, and that's going to mess up your timing, and that's going to mess up your laughs. So I would also say to rehearse it to end before three minutes and not at three minutes.
1: Big facts. We are killing it at this yeah, speed Yeah, we,
0: we're running it. We're running it, fam. <laughs> Daniel Podolak. As someone getting into comedy, how much time should I spend writing before I try stand-up?
1: no time. Just try it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Just go. Yeah. Yeah. And what'll help you get on stage. (laughs) I know a lot of people listen to this who are thinking about getting on stage and they haven't taken the leap. Putting a date on the calendar will hold you accountable to actually get on stage. It'll have you something you can start to work towards. It can be in a week. It can be in a month, but just get a date on the calendar and that'll hold you accountable to actually prepare as much as possible for it.
1: Yeah, and don't wait till the end of the fantasy football league uh, to actually do the stand-up. Just go up and do it and try it out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go for it. You got this, Daniel. Because uh, you can try uh, it again
1: and again mm-hmm. and again. and then you're You never know until you face, get on stage. And then you're 12 years in, <laughs> and you're doing a country club. You know what I'm saying? Like, Bow, bow, bow. Which wow, people
0: listening... Yeah.
1: Squad we are goal. available for booking.
0: People <laughs> listening to this, you can book us to perform at your country club, your someone you knows country club, a corporate event, a holiday event, a birthday party. Listen, where you want you entertainment,
1: want this magic thing called a budget? Like if you've yes. heard of a thing called a budget and yes. they've got those you know, uh yes, at the boys. You know what I mean?
0: But it doesn't hurt to ask us, you know, and then we can talk about the budget. But we are married, and we do have a quota to fill. So do just just have empathy for if we're like, but how about this
1: much? Just know we have this stopped taking paper pots. We yes. no longer <laughs> yeah. paper pots for payment mm. uh, or 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 exposure. <laughs> yes
0: mundo But it never hurts to reach out and ask because you never know. We may be in a certain area and we may just want to do the show anyway. And it's not just part of like a one. We may not make a road trip to do it, but we may be in the area. Just reach out. Let's let's talk. We love we love to work together. Um, yep. Amir asked, "How do you perform clean material when you're naturally drawn to the mischievous stuff that might mm. rile people up?"
1: Mm. That's a good question. I, 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 I would say it's just easier if you try to write clean and then dirty it up later on than to write dirty and then try to clean it up. So I think this is just more of a writing exercise of trying to write as clean as possible. It's not that your material it, material isn't necessarily dirty or clean. It's just what people are going to resonate with. Because from a material perspective, it just has to be funny. Like, I think people yeah. get into the habit of trying to figure out, like, don't do comedy. That's like shock value comedy. Like, try to move away from shock value and try to do like, just funny. I don't know if that and there's also
0: the just different ways you can say the same thing. So if you have a dirty joke, ask yourself, well, what is this joke about? What is the premise? What am I trying to say? And then what's yeah. a cleaner way I can say this? What are words that could be replaced with cleaner words? And there's usually Absolutely. always a way you could kind of, you can
1: clean. Always. up. Always, always. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all, yeah.
0: it's not, it's allow yourself to go to those dirty places, but just don't, just don't let the dirty part be where you end. Like don't stop writing because you found the dirty joke. Keep writing until you can start to buff it up and uh, make it clean. Yeah. Um um, Alvaro, how do you balance going to mics versus writing? I go to a lot of mics, but I feel I'm not writing new material. Any ideas?
1: Hmm. I would say kind of like what you mentioned around just find holding some accountability for yourself. If anything, just challenge yourself on a regular basis, write one new joke and perform mm-hmm. that one joke at every, like every open mic gets one new joke that you've tried. And then you could work out the rest of your material, but just kind of challenge yourself that you're just going to try something new or like just try a one-liner just to get in the habit of trying different stuff, um, on a occasional basis. But yeah, I mean, I would just say you, you, you gotta challenge yourself and hold yourself accountable to write new material.
0: Yeah, and gosh, I mean, honestly, if it, I mean, stay the stage I feel like is the more long-term important thing because that's where you're going to develop just your presence and your confidence. But I mean, even, yeah, it's like you don't have to try a completely new set every time. It could be literally one new tag to a joke. It could literally be just one build your set just one new line at a time and don't put so much pressure. to you have to write all this new stuff, but just maybe one new line every time you perform, or you want to say something you already have in a different way, or you want to deliver it into a funny voice. So there's ways you can work material you have existing. There's ways you can keep making that better instead of just always yeah. thinking, I got to write new, 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 new. It's like, well, what do you have and how can you make what you have better?
1: oh yeah Burse. we need fire, a fire fire
0: we need a <laughs> we need a bars sound effect call me joel bars um but i think we may make we may be at the last one here i think two more is um it
1: was freaking
0: crushing these questions son guy hannah said do you believe in the nine joke formats of writing i'm not sure what is that jerry corley's is that what he's talking about um i believe in whatever helps you write jokes i mean because there's so many different (laughs) writing resources out there and some work better for others some resonate more than others so just learn and do research but don't just research, a lot of stuff, actually put these things into practice and you'll figure out what works for you.
1: Yeah, I don't know the nine joke format, so I am unable to answer that question. I, uh, think, if it's Jerry yeah, I Corley, think if it's a Jerry Corley thing. Oh, yeah, it definitely works. But yeah, just whatever helps. Like mm-hmm. I have this system that literally is a combination of Jerry Corley um, from the Comedy Bible, Greg Dean and stuff that i took from like my marketing experience that's how i like write a joke and a structure so whatever works for you is what works for you yeah agreed agreed
0: um, um i think we had someone from peru i want to say peru. Oye, escucha. Uh, hi i'm from peru can you uh, give advice to produce a comedy event oh man we've we've gone deep on this and past episodes. Um, this, this cliff notes for me would be pick a venue. That's going to work with you to help make this a success. Hopefully it's a venue that's already doing other other live events that a comedy show would just be a natural fit. So they're already doing music or karaoke or trivia, make it a place that comedy would be a natural fit and a place that the location, the venue is actually going to help you make this a success
1: yeah uh i'd add to that when you get the venue make sure like that there's no distractions like make sure the tvs are off make Mm -hmm. sure there's not like something else going on um and kind of make try to make the show an experience so like uh what ava mentioned like greeting every single person that comes into the show uh saying goodbye to every single person after the show is done like those kind of little things really make a difference so Make the comedy an experience. Kaboom. Boom. Uh, Boom. And
0: then we got a new comic here, Cyrus Miller. I've been doing comedy in a smaller scene about a year and a half. A lot of people in my scene are moving to bigger markets soon. When would it be appropriate
1: to move to a bigger scene? Mm, the old age question of when should I move to a bigger
0: scene? I've heard it described as like high school and college to where you do in your scene for four years and then you graduate into a bigger scene. I've also heard it that once you're comfortable, once you're comfortable in your scene, you're able to get up wherever you want to and people are kind of looking up to you as kind of this big fish in a small pond, that's when you'll want to take the leap as well.
1: That's a good one. I think if if you can easily get up anywhere and you want to move to a bigger scene, that's probably a good time. Like if if it's not a, if it's easy for you to be like, oh, can I get a spot? And there is no like pushback on you getting that spot. You're probably crushing it in that spot. And you might wanna try to find a scene that challenges you. Mm-hmm. And a way to start
0: getting out of that scene, not necessarily maybe moving, but you start by going on some road trips, doing different shows around different scenes, and really dipping your toe in other locations to see where you would potentially want to move. So it can, the move can be that gradual as well. If you start to just get on the road a little bit more once you're comfortable in your scene and start growing gradually from there. Yeah. But it's yeah. personal preference. I've had friends from Atlanta who jumped and moved to New York and slept on the floor with four people and ended up on the tonight show. So yep. it's kind of where you're comfortable with living your lifestyle <laughs> as a comedian, what you I stayed in Atlanta. I didn't move to like a bigger scene or other. I just developed here and started getting more and more road work. I'm not really on that open mic hustle every single night anymore like i'm literally more on the road and doing more headlining sets and not really doing these five minute open mics anymore one reason is because like i can kind of do that like i could go to an open mic and just get up and it's just uh i don't know it's it feel it does feel like all right i'm kind of i don't want to I will and I can if I need to, but it just feels like I, I'll just yeah. I'd rather save that for the road and work on other things.
1: And I also think it's important to know that like if you are doing that well and you're showcasing, then you're just doing your new material in your showcase sets or in your headlining sets. Like you're actually trying new material out in spots that you know, okay, this might not work, but I've already am crushing it. Let's just see if we can add this new joke, which is something that all headliners do. They'll try a new bit in the middle of something, but that's just because the audience is already on board with them. So that's also something to think about is maybe you're not trying it out at the open mic, but when you're crushing it like that, you can just try that new stuff in your showcasing sets. Bravo
0: we did Birds. it wow Birds. another good one hot breath of verse look at look at, look, look, look at us look at us winning we've done it We're again every, every tuesday fam we do this join tuesday. us every yeah. tuesday on our youtube channel join our email list so you can get alerted to when we do go live every single week and get updated on other fun happenings here in the hot breath of verse Boom. Bow.
1: Blocka. Blocka. Brrrat. Duck, duck, duck. Blocka. Blocka. Blocka.
0: (laughs) we will see y'all next Tuesday, Hot breathverse. I'm sorry about Yoshi there. Hot Breath.